Hello, welcome to Leaving in Color, a podcast about uncovering your radiant self after losing your faith. I am your host, Christina Elmer. I'm so delighted you found us. Hello and welcome. Welcome back, everyone. We are officially in 2024. I hope that everyone had a wonderful holiday and got lots of rest and ate all the delicious goodies that they desired. We are back with episode four, part two of Cade's episode. I know that you have been anxiously awaiting part two, so thank you for allowing us this time to rest and spend time with our loved ones. So here is episode four, part two, intuitively creating heaven on earth with Cade. Enjoy. So let's kind of fast forward. So you left the Christian college because yeah. you lost your scholarship. Yeah. How how did you end up in New York City and working as a nurse? Take me through that journey because you started out as a nurse. And when I met you, you were working as a nurse or maybe finding your way out. Yes. But you were like really then tapping into your intuitive gifts much yes. more heavily. Yes. Um, left my university and then I went into studying nursing because I was like, I can help people. Um, at first... It's so funny how I was so opposed to everything before in the past. I was like, I don't want to deal with anyone's blood. Like, I don't like nursing. That's gross. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, <laughs> gay is evil. Like, all this stuff. Like, all of these belief systems that were told to me that I know just are not true anymore as someone who has lived the experience. Yeah. And I think that wisdom and maturity come from experience, not from age. Yeah, so I studied nursing and I was like... I have to like know everything in nursing because if I don't know something, someone's going to die. <laughs> I like, highlight the entire textbook and like really Oh study. my goodness. And I became a nurse in um, San Francisco and I worked um, at a subacute in LTAC, um, the U- University of San Francisco um, Children's Hospital. And I love that one because I was a float pool nurse. So I got to, um, they would page me to go to whatever floor. So for endocrinology, I would go to endocrinology or like um, if they needed me in orthopedics, I would go there as well um, or general surgery. So you just kind of floated around. You float around like, and I like that because I got to experience different um, yeah. departments. And then also in Palo Alto. And then I went and I, COVID happened. And COVID flipped everyone's lives upside down, including yeah. my own. I started to feel super heavy. Like I um just like it was a series of events that happened to me where like I broke my tailbone and couldn't walk for eight weeks. Wow. Um I was having family dynamics where a family member of mine went to rehab, but before that, um it was very hurtful and a harmful relationship dynamic that I had. And then everyone was getting sick and most of my patients um yeah. They're working as a COVID-19 nurse and most of my patients passed away. It was just tough. And then I ended a relationship with someone that I had been um, dating and it, it was a really tough year. Like I went to therapy. I went to go see a doctor. 
even talk to my parents, but I felt like nobody could help me because everybody was hurting and struggling. Yeah. And that was the first time I went to go see a psychic ever. And I was terrified. Because <laughs> it's like that Catholic guilt coming Catholic in. Guilt. You must not see a psychic. Well, They're evil. Like to not do this, blah, blah, blah. Like, but I, uh, so I've, I've always been intuitive um, and yeah. did not know that it was intuition. It was the same with like sex. I was never told or never had a conversation about sex. Mm. And I thought it was other just, than like the bullshit that you get at school where yeah. it's just like, don't essentially don't do it. But if you're going to do it, yes, this is how you put the condom on. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't even not have- like, what is your, your labia look like? What does your vagina look like? You know, I never had any conversation about sex. No one ever talked to me about sex because they went to religious schooling. So I thought it was yeah. just something we didn't talk about. Like sex wasn't something we talked about and neither was our intuition. I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought that's why I thought that was just like something you just don't talk about those two topics. Sex and intuition. <laughs> <laughs> two things that are like pretty fucking amazing, but yeah, okay. Yeah, like they're the most important <laughs> things now in my life. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious to think about, but I went to go see this psychic and like, so my intuition has always been like on and off. Like um, now I'm better at seeing like auras. And um, it's a practice. It's something that you have to like tap into. Um, intuition is, is a skill, like, and it requires practice. And I tell people that all yeah. the time. It's just like confidence. Like confidence is a skill. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and so I went to go see her, and they always tell me the same thing, like that I'm also a psychic, and that um, I'm going to live a really long life. They then they told me everything about my life that was very accurate as to what I was experiencing. And it was definitely a shock to me. And I was so scared during this time. I was like, I don't want to see dead people. I don't want to like. like. <laughs> yeah, because that's our only experience with psychics is like some weird ass representation on TV yes. or movies that are just like, you know, yeah. only channel dead people. Exactly. And like they become such a stereotype that it's not that's really far from the truth most of the time. Yeah. And in, in those movies, the way that media portrays it. But she really was helpful and brought me a lot of clarity in my life and told me how to, like, move forward. And she's the only person that actually, like, helped me during that time period. Mm-hmm. And then a month later, I got really sick with COVID and pneumonia. And I was in the hospital. Wow. Um, and it was on Christmas of 20. Oh, my God. Okay. And, like, it was just a really hard time. I was dealing with a lot of, like, the endings of a lot of things in my life. And when I was at the hospital, I started, like, thinking about, like, what do I really want for my life? Like, I don't mm. want to be nursing because I felt like I had been giving to people my entire life. I had been a people pleaser my, my entire life. Yeah. Or always, like, bending for others, like, for, like, my older sister or for, like, for my family and my friends. I'd be doing everything for them, but I was alone in this hospital room for, like, mm. three days. And so I was very much, like what am I doing with my life? Like I um, know that I'm gay. I also know that I'm really intuitive. Why haven't I explored those parts of myself? Yeah. And I realized I was really afraid of like, because at the time I, was, I moved back in with my parents because um, I was living in okay. a duplex with my friend, but during 2020 I had to move back in with my parents. And I was like, I don't feel free to be myself here. And mm. A friend of mine mentioned coming to New York City, and I was like, 
I don't know. I wouldn't go there. Like I've never been there. But then I was just like, why not? <laughs> why not? And like my dad was very much like, why New York City? Like I think that that's like the wrong move for you. Like I don't necessarily think that um, that's like not a financially smart thing. Like, and so I left and I came here. And not gonna lie, it was tough the first three months moving here. But it was the best yeah. decision I have ever made. Like I don't regret, even though it may have cost me financially. I have been able to be my most authentic self since I moved here. And I think it's important for people to like leave their city or where they grew up to explore other things. And I traveled a lot in between all of that. Like I, I also yeah. traveled to Costa Rica and Croatia. I went to Hawaii during I, I traveled to like 10 different um other states and countries and stuff, um, at least. So I got to experience other people, but I didn't get to experience it in the sense of like community and showing up fully as mm. myself freely yeah and then i started to attract other people that were like me since i moved to new york city but new york city i don't know if you know what moldavite is it's a crystal yes yeah and it's something that like the crystals was like almost like wreaks havoc but for the absolute best outcome for you okay and it's supposed to align you with your highest path and that's how i feel like new york city my friends and i talk about it where it's like the city almost like either like absorbs you or like spits you back out. Like mm, kind of yeah. like, grow a backbone to live here and figure out like yeah. who you are. And like most of my friends, people that move here, like kind of have a rite of passage of having a really the first three months being a little bit rough. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it just like, it flows. Yeah. But I think with anywhere too, like that you do move it to, it's going to take some time to adjust. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, since moving here, I worked here as a nurse too, um, just to pick up for financially. Yeah. But like, I also got into Powered Empath, which was that course that I, um, where we would meditate on each other and did past life regression. Okay. And learned about auras. And then I also hired um, Gabrielle Bernstein, and she wrote the book, the New York Times bestseller, "The Universe Has Your Back." And um, she also was my mentor. And then I met another one, which her name is Freitas, and she. Um, these are all like public figures. And she also became like one of my mentors for intuition. Mm. And I was still, I was under their mentorship and I was working at carbon health, which is the urgent care center as a nurse in FIDI. And that's where I heard about Susanna. And I was like, you know, I do want another like life coach to like get to know. And like, I'd only heard about her story here and there. That was back in 2021. And then I started working as a nurse for celebrities. And during this time period, I also, I've always been interested in other things. So I was always taking other courses. Like I didn't, um, I like learned about tarot because I got a tarot, my first tarot deck I got when I was in high school, someone handed it to me. And oh, then, really? When you were at the Christian high school? Yeah. One of my friends from my public high school. Okay. And then okay. I got it handed to me again when I was 19, um, tarot, the tarot deck. And my mom found out about it and told me, she's like, it's evil. Like, don't be like doing that stuff. It's bad, blah, blah, blah. You're just opening doors like the devil. And I didn't care because I knew it was really positive for me. And it was very like hmm. clarifying. Yeah. And it was always accurate every reading that I had done. And I didn't even know that I was good at it. Like, <laughs> like and yeah. now um and then I started going to like 
crystal shops and sound baths and I have singing bowls as well that I use for Reiki. Um, and I would go to the Himalayan salt caves. They would have it here in New York city and I would meditate there. And then, uh, yeah, that's like the story of like my intuition. Then I started to meet other people because I was open about being a psychic. Some people were, that were afraid kind of like backed off and like I kind of lost those friendships. Yeah. And even with being gay, but then I've been able to align myself with people that are way more intuitive like me. Mm. I lost all my friends, majority of my friends from my Christian university when I started to come out to them. They'd be like, I love you, but I don't support you. Yeah, that's the I love you, but. <laughs> I love you, but this is wrong. Like, And my good friends, like, even though we differed on values, I still like somewhat stayed friends with them. I just stopped speaking to them about certain topics. Yeah. And learning that there's different levels of friendship. Yeah. And, and that's okay. Like, I think yeah. we, we learn that as we transition into adulthood that, you know, we don't have to be perfectly in the same interests or stage of life or, you know, belief system to have relationships with people and recognizing that, like, yes, there can be different versions of that. Like, some people will give us more of what we're needing other people just can kind of be superficial and that's okay yeah exactly exactly yeah so even though i lost all those friendships i gained the most beautiful friendships here and like those soul connections that i i have like yeah and then nursing started practicing my intuition way easier because i was with people all the time so i was like yeah i might as well just start practicing it because in the hospitals um there's two hospitals that i worked at in san francisco and then um one here and then I worked at other ur urgent care centers and other places. But I started practicing my intuition with people here, like based off of the birthdays, like their astrology um, and asking them questions. Like majority of fire signs born in those months are personal trainers or like majority of yeah. water signs are therapists. And they'd be like, wow, like, how did you know that? And, so, and it's just like you do pick up from what I know and what I've studied about people. But a lot of the stuff, too, like. Uh, if I meditated, some like an image of like an old guy will come to my mind, and then I'll ask the person, like, "Who's this person?" And like, I just feel called, and I started, and and with intuition, it was hard because it required me to have a lot of faith and just like say what's coming to mind, mm. to just say it. But as someone that has hidden everything for so long, yeah, I had been so terrified to be myself. And be like, this is actually what it is. Because you get ostracized. I got ostracized by like yeah. my Christian community. And you get cut off by people. Mm -hmm. And um, honestly, so be it. Like, my freedom is more important. My freedom and like my emotional well-being and my mental well-being is more, more important than other people's projected fear-based belief systems. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What are we going to do with this one wild, precious life? You know, even though yeah. we believe in like multiple, our souls having different, but this version of our soul gets this one life, yeah. you know? So what are we going to do with it? And how are we going to live? And what are we going to let go of? Yeah. So that, you know, potentially in the next one, we can come back and say a lot sooner. I'm not doing that. You know, I won't prescribe to that this, this go around. And you have a choice. And that's the thing. I felt like I didn't have a choice for so long. Yeah. Hold. Absolutely. Um, if you're choosing love over fear, if you're choosing 
what you're doing in your day-to-day life and how you're showing up in the world. Yeah. Um, I think there's other like circumstantial things that play a factor into your life, but like right. ultimately at the end, everything is a choice. So you're going to choose to like be courageous. Yeah, absolutely. So when you were working at the hospital in New York City and you were practicing more of tapping into your intuition and, you know, telling people like, I'm seeing an old man. Can you tell me how, how was that received? Did it just so, depend or was it um, fairly, it was actually really fairly well. accepted? It was very um, accepted because I was very like subtle with it. Mm. Um, I learned about Tarot 2 and Reiki at um, a subacute that I worked at in the Bay Area. This woman came up to me and um, she actually called me a Hayoka, which means a, what does that mean? A sacred clown. <laughs> and at first I was like, I'm a, be a, a sacred clown. A sacred clown. And okay. It's actually kind of fitting because I do do comedy from time to time. Yes. Stand up comedy. But um, she was Native American and she t- she told me that I'm also like really intuitive and she was um, doing healing hands over one of our patients and then had these like oracle cards, like almost tarot cards. And she did them for me and I was like really open to it. Um, and then I just started like realizing I'm like, I'm, I'm picking up all this stuff energetically from other people and I'm realizing that it's not my own. I, I for that's why I think during the pandemic I was such a low because I was picking up other people's energy and taking yeah. it home with me and not knowing what to do with it. Yeah. And not knowing how to let it be theirs, or like I didn't know how to recognize until, especially with Reiki, where do you end and I begin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was hard for me to differentiate, especially in energy, because um, yeah. we all have a biofield out, six feet outside of outside of us. Yeah. Yeah, and it was hard for me to deal with that. But yeah, people received it pretty well um, when I started doing it. I did it at urgent care, and then I was a per diem nurse. Then I got offered a job to be a nurse for um, these celebrities during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And that was a wild time because I was all of a sudden I was around people that um, were making a huge impact on the world. Yeah. People that are like, billionaires and multimillionaires and like um and i realized that they have some of the most open-minded perspectives yeah and that's what makes them so great like that's not and that's the only thing that makes them so great but that's what i've seen as a common behavioral pattern in people like that i think you have to be that way in order to like allow in that type of abundance right especially financial abundance yes i think energetically it has to be be very okay. different. Yeah. Yeah. But I would encounter them after like someone in their life had passed away. Mm-hmm. And like, I would still feel like that person's like soul with them. The person that passed. The person that passed. And I remember like, I'm like, should I like tell them about it? Or like, I'm not going to say who this person was, but he. Yeah, of course. His mom had passed and he was like hotboxing his studio. And I had told him, I was like, I'm just really picking up that, like, your mom really loves you. I had no idea. His mother had passed the day before. Okay. And I had no idea when I was meeting this person. This person's like a, a big person. Yeah. But it's hard because they all have alias names, like some of the celebrities that I met. Yeah. And so I thought I was meeting a female and instead it was a male. And then you show up and it's somebody else. And yeah. Someone else and you're like, but it was like I still have to like be brave and like share it anyways, and they'd be like, "Yeah, thank you." Like I needed that, or um, 
Yeah, and I, but I, I recognize I do I do encounter a lot of people, especially after someone had passed has passed mm. or in need of a lot of healing. All right, so you come to New York, twenty twenty two. Yeah. What What did you unpack? So in twenty twenty two, I decided I wanted to leave nursing, um, and I had discovered all of my like intuitive abilities. Um, I just know how to implement them, but I was like, I want to implement them in a business. So I need to make more money. So I applied to multiple sales jobs and I went into sales for solar panels. And the reason I went into that actually was because my, my lease was up in my apartment and they said they would cover housing for the next three months. And I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> like that yeah. sounds like pretty nice. And it's just like a summer thing. I learned a lot about energy in terms of electricity and in mm-hmm. terms of power, which I find hilarious as an energy worker now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a completely different energy. My fiance works in the energy industry as like for an energy company. So I, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was um, hilarious. And so I did that. I'm trying to make money. I didn't make as much as I anticipated, but during that I discovered a lot of trauma from like my past and the other people were experiencing um, in my family. Mm. And I had to get my nursing license renewed during summer of 2022. Okay. So I had to do an online like 30 hour certificate wow. to do that. And then also like when you're in relationships and I was in a relationship, like you kind of get consumed by the other person. Yes. And that took a toll on me for sure. Like, it 100% took a toll on me and like my mental space and also like the way that I relate to other people because of my upbringing. Yeah. And especially religious upbringing in places where I felt like I had to hide and not speak up for myself. That was like one of the biggest lessons too, is to also of letting go, letting go expectations with Mm. um, surrounding trauma and healing and people too even the ones you like love dearly like I think as I mentioned too with like losing the friendships from university when it came out to them if speaking up for myself means that I'm gonna lose someone like so be it too and I think that's one of the biggest lessons and then I went into sales for yachts for a second there afterwards because I was like I still want to make money (laughs) and um and it was really wild because I had it seen my patients die in 2020 and a lot of loss and a lot of grief. I was just holding on to all of that, not only my own trauma, but all of their trauma. Yeah. Like the problems that I heard every day for like a year and a half Right. to see everybody celebrating on yachts, weddings or proms. Yeah. That can definitely be triggering. Having such joy was so beautiful, but I would always be crying. because I was like, Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, these people are so happy and so joyful. Like, and like, this is what I want people to be experiencing all the time. Like, not all the loss and the grief and the trauma. After that, I decided I really want to come back to New York City because New York is where my soul people are. Yeah. The people that are creative and open minded and willing to show up authentically as themselves. Like, a lot of them are here that I've been able to find and be supported by. So I came back here and um, I'm so thankful that I'm here in New York, but 
yeah, I realized it made me realize how much more healing there is to do so people can experience those celebrations yeah. and healing through trauma. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I want to like help others heal as well. And along the last six years, I've lost a hundred pounds myself and um, my health has significantly improved, including my eyesight and including um, my self-confidence and the way that I speak and health has been a huge part of my life. And I want to help people that have had difficulty with like moving their bodies like physically or like, but a lot of things. So everything starts energetically, then it happens on a mental field and then emotionally, and then physically it'll appear in your body. Yeah. So that's the practice I start practicing with my patients is that like, where is it physically showing up to them? And then it's asking them questions about what just happened. Like, right. A lot of heartache, a lot of people that um, Mm -hmm. have cardiovascular issues, I'll ask them like what happened prior to, they'd be like, oh, I just went through a divorce or like, oh, Mm. my mom passed. And all of a sudden, like I started like over the next month or two, I started having these heart issues. Like, and I got really into the chakra systems and Veda, like Ayurveda. And like, I started studying all these other aspects of our health and our bodies and like how to clear things up on all levels. Like, yeah. how do I change my emotional state and how do I transmute all this anger I'm feeling yeah. into love and into creation, into creating something that's beautiful and like, will not only help myself, but everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. I got that as, as a trainer as well. Like I, when I was training clients, you know, I'd come in and, you know, they'd want to change the well, way their body looked. you a trainer, right? Yeah, yeah. I was a trainer for, for about a year. I, the thing that I that came out of it was that I loved working with people. Yeah. But the one thing that I did recognize that then led me into my second career in the last three years is as life coach is that yeah. there's a lot, as you just said, is there's a, an emotional component. Like we can't work on the physical until the emotional has been acknowledged and worked yes. on and recognized. And once, as you said, the energy is transmuted, then things have changed and I I didn't work with a lot of clients long enough to really see a lot of changes, but mm-hmm. often if they would come in and they're just like crying as like, no, we can't, we can't often. Yes. Lifting heavy weights can help shift the energy because it's just like moving your body yeah. allows the energy to be changed, but sometimes they just couldn't do it. You know, yeah. we had to sit and talk about what's going on. How's your day? Where are you at emotionally today? Yeah. To just sit, hold that space. And then, you know, then they were able to access the physical part to yeah. be able to then move into to the workout that we had planned. But it's just what I'm finding very interesting about your journey is if we wanted to go back to growing up Catholic, mm-hmm. we're taught certain things within the belief system that we grew up in, like Mormonism, there's, you know, we're taught that your home can be a piece of heaven, right? And how do we do that? How do we make our home a part of heaven? Yeah. Was there something in Catholicism that that resonated with you that then you're now seeing is a part of your life now? Definitely. Um, There are two things that I took away from it. One, prayer is huge for me. And like even meditation is a huge practice for me in order for me to be really attuned to myself and my needs and also others needs as as well. Like I pray almost every day um, that God makes my life a living prayer. I love that. 
So it's like that people can see how amazing it is to live authentically, to live emotionally fearless, and to follow their passions in order to create things here in the world. And to like, and one of the things too, one of the prayers in in the Our Father is like, I'm not sure if it was Our Father, but it, it talks about how we should create heaven on earth. Mm-hmm. And um, I would really like to create a society and that feels like heaven on earth where yeah. people can have open, honest discussions that bring, bring them joy, like health, like happiness, like the things that really matter in, in this lifetime and like deeper connections and just yeah. the, the things that are really important to me at the end of the day are like, are the people. Yeah. So if you were to say that creating heaven on earth is like your soul's mission, Mm -hmm. I feel like you've done a lot of that. You've been a nurse, which I feel like nurses are literal angels. Like I think about the nurses that have taken care of me when I was in the hospital birthing my babies, taking care of my mom after she had her stroke. Yeah, I feel like you've been on this path of being a literal angel. Like you, you took care of people during the pandemic like i think about the frontline workers and just like seeing people on tiktok and the devastation of like wanting to help people so desperately but not being able to yeah and so seeing your path starting out as a nurse and healing people physically and then you know your degree in psychology and recognizing how the mind plays a part of that and then now in your path as an energy worker like how you're just molding into this like perfect version of an angel you know like having all these different modalities <laughs> that have allowed you to just become somebody that is using their their gift to help people you know you are creating heaven on earth thank you by following your intuition to say, you know what, I'm just going to move to New York City on a whim. My parents think I'm crazy. I'm going to go do it. Yeah. And you're just following your curiosity. Your soul is calling you, hey, sister, Yeah. go do this, you know, yeah. and you're following it and you're not. Yes, it's scary to go up to a celebrity and be like, I feel like I need to tell you that your mom is telling, wanting me to tell you that she loves you. Like that takes some some real bravery like Glennon Doyle says like letting your insides show on the outside and I think ultimately that's all we can do yeah teaching ourselves that we can authentically show up and the people that are going to be attracted to us which I I see people that are attracted to you since you've been in New York City and you've shown up authentically as this is Kate this is who I am yeah the people that aren't falling in that path with you or kind of just falling away and that's okay but the people are flocked to you like you're attracting people I'm seeing on your Instagram feed just like you're with these people that I can see the energy is in alignment with what you're wanting and I think that it's just ultimately so brave of you to say I'm going to shed this nursing isn't working I'm going to try something else Yeah, like that is so fucking brave and I I'm just so honored to know you. I appreciate you so much. Christine, are you kidding me? I like, that made me cry. I think um, 
I feel very touched by your words. And it's hard because a lot of times there these are moments that no one really recognizes is like, what are you doing when no one is looking? Like, yeah. And the past couple of years have been tough because they have been lonely and like, but I recognize that I'm not the only one that's struggling with this. I think that everybody ultimately wants to be free. Yeah. And themselves at like full capacity at the, their highest mm-hmm. potential. And I think, yeah, like I do, I want to be this like guiding light and this leader and this role model that I didn't get to have Yeah, as a kid. And I think, I think I told you this earlier in the podcast, but it was that like a lot of what I do is not only for everybody else, but it's also for my younger self. Yeah. And it's also for the life that my parents didn't get to live. Yeah. And my own ancestors that like struggled or that went through war and poverty. I grieve for them a lot of the times where they're lost. And I I lead from a place of gratitude. Yeah. And love. And it's hard because you're also learn- trying to learn how to communicate that stuff too right now. Like Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely grieve for things that were never properly communicated. Mm. A lot of times when souls pass and they die, like they want to communicate yeah. to their loved ones, things that they weren't able to verbalize because we weren't able to understand or conceptualize those concepts yeah but it's like wouldn't it be beautiful if we just were able to say that to each other now yeah i think that's where also prayer can come in like if we want to think about prayer because i think about my friend marcos who i just interviewed Mm -hmm. he's talked about how prayer for him has become much more different than what it started out with prayer has was kind of like a family like his mother prayed, his grandmother prayed, like prayer was a huge part of yes their tradition as a family. Yes. But I think when you're talking about ancestors and things that might not be able to be said, I feel like prayer might be a great way to be able to communicate or meditating and just meditating on a specific, because I know that I've had like intuitive readings mm-hmm. And like my grandparents have come through this when one person, particularly my grandfather has come through when I was trying to figure out like if I am going to shed the expectation of getting a college degree because I'm 42, tried college multiple times, yeah, fucking hated it. Like it's just I couldn't do it. I'd start it, couldn't finish it. And there were multiple reasons other than just the learning aspect of it. It was also financial. There's just a lot of things at play at various times in my life. But just like my grandfather came in a reading and said, like, you don't need to worry about that anymore. Like, I trust that you're going to be able to make your way if you just follow what what calls to you. Yeah. And I feel like prayer could be really a beautiful way to communicate. Like, I haven't thought about that. And it's just like, oh, yeah, I could use that. I don't need to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, assume something like I and then another reading was like, you know, communicate with one of your guides through writing, just stream of consciousness writing. Yeah. And so just being able to practice that, I think, is so beautiful and just recognizing that, you know. Yes. And that we all we all have the ability. Right. I think it's just we don't recognize what it is, Mm -hmm. which you found 
when you were younger in Catholicism, it was like, oh, I can't because it's bad, right? Yeah. I'm being told that, you know, in Mormonism, it's like, trust yourself, but you can only trust yourself so far. Yes. Right? Because ultimately, God has all the answers. Yeah. And just like relearning all of that. Yeah. As we've left this other part of ourselves behind. Yeah. It's been really interesting. And just finding community, you know, that's the other thing that's been difficult that I've seen so many of my friends leaving religion or religious beliefs is like the community that we lose yeah and just trying to find that yeah and and create also like being able to create your own community Mm -hmm. i love prayer um as a way to communicate i very much see things and symbols and signs um, from the Mm -hmm. universe i literally will pray make the sign so undeniably clear that like i cannot like deny it like yeah. It has to be something so obscure. I would ask the universe or and God like and make it so obscure that like there's no way a monkey could show up here or something. Like yeah. something so obscure and you like if you do that, like you and are open minded to it, you'll see it. Yeah. When I first got I started joining a ton of groups. Just join stuff and figure out what you like. Like um I joined Zumba to start like weight loss. I first Wanting to lose weight was because one of my patients was so obese and the doctor told me mm. to go tell this patient that they might need to lose some weight. But I was sitting there more more obese than my patient. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, I'm a fucking hypocrite. Like, <laughs> I need to lose weight if I'm going to be telling people yeah. to care about their health. Like, I have to, like, live up to what I say for other people. And if I have expectations, I need to accept them by myself first. If these are the ones that I yeah. want to abide by. Yeah. But joining groups, so I started joining Zumba and like I got more in touch with like my Hispanic heritage that I didn't realize. It's Hispanic Heritage Month too. Whoop. Yeah, yeah. Oh, whoop, whoop. But I didn't get in touch with that side of myself for a very long time. Yeah. I was surrounded by other cultures, a lot of my white friends or Asian friends or like the gay community. Like the gay community here is so loving and accepting. Yeah. And positive and all for like, change i'm very much a pro change person because i think or or a pro evolution person i think there's ways of living that are more evolved yeah and then joining a spiritual community like getting mentorship from different coaches joining susanna's uh, yeah the style collective style collective yeah. like where other people that are like-minded um, you guys can like talk about things and grow together in that the way that you would like with support like you don't have to do it all alone yeah and i think the feeling of loneliness has been so prevalent especially after the pandemic a lot of people have almost fallen back into that belief of i have to do it alone yeah but when that's tough even if you're going to go back and get your degree do it i see people like and i think that's what i loved about nursing was seeing people in the most vulnerable seats at any age in life yeah Someone go back to school at 50. Someone ran a marathon at 45 for the first time. Yeah. Someone at 18 did something that most people, majority, would never do. Like, yeah. There's no time limit. For sure. Yeah. That's never too late to start anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, going back to creating a heaven on earth, what does that look like for you now? Personally, I want to be the best version of myself. And I've never been, this is actually interesting. I like never been a super competitive person like even in sports if the other team won I was like well 
they worked hard and everyone else is like flipping off the other team and like, <laughs> <laughs> and very aggressive and like but I'm competitive like with my myself mm. and not out of place of anger but out of like curiosity I'm like oh my gosh like what if I achieve that what else could I yeah. do and like for me that's like being physically like healthy emotionally healthy mentally healthy and spiritually healthy and I know how to get there, just smaller steps, and then be able to give other people that gift as well and help them on yeah. their path and their journeys of being who they really are or who they who always were. And a lot of times, like as a child, and it's interesting because people, I work as a nanny, I've nannied for over 100 families, and here in New York City and in San Francisco, and seeing kids at a young age, and as a pediatric nurse too, like, you see these kids have these innate personalities Mm -hmm. that like are very specific to them. And then the parent comes in, they're like, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't be too weird. Don't be too crazy. Like, or like all these things. And you see them start to like shape into who others are wanting them to be. And I want people to like find their younger self and like see what that desire was. Or explore, yeah. explore your desires. Yeah, absolutely. That's what this podcast is for, is just like rediscovering and uncovering this hidden part of ourselves that, you know, was kind of trapped by society or or religion. You know, I want to be able to uncover what, how have you become mm-hmm. you again? Definitely. And so I think yeah. like creating heaven on earth is just like living authentically, emotionally fearless, open being creative, having fun and doing things that are going to bring you more joy and bring joy for everybody. Yeah. You can't forget about having fun. Yeah. That's the whole inner child, right? That's the most important thing. Part of like healing the inner child is just to go have fun. Exactly. Like, you know? Yeah. It's to have fun. Like I think people are like, are really concerned about like money. You can have money and to be depressed. You can like, and all these other things, but it's like real joy and enjoying other people's company and the people. I love that. And love, love, yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I have one question that I, I ask my mm-hmm. guests, and what is what is something you're grateful for today? I'm grateful for today. Support. And what does support look like for you? My friend asked me this like five years ago, and I was like, I don't know. But I think support is others showing up supporting myself is self-care self-care i'm really grateful for self-care today and others showing up for me including you well thank you yeah do you have any particular forms of self-care that you i know that you know with working with susanna especially like that's her big thing is just like the daily non-negotiables which are forms of self-care are there particular ones that really help you that you kind of go back to consistently when you're feeling out of alignment? Yes. That you'd be willing to share. <laughs> it's so hard. I want to ask you. Yes, I'm willing to share. I just... Uh, no, you're not going to ask me. me. Yeah, I like so badly want to ask you these questions, but um, for my self-care, when I feel out of alignment, I recently... Like, Two weeks ago, I was dealing with like um, health issues, 
I think number one has to be like rest, but in order for me to rest, like meditate um, beforehand. Mm. Well, one thing that keeps me always fe- keeps me feeling grounded is like aside from like showering and getting dressed, is going for a walk and mm. getting something. Whether just like a little treat, it's a little treat. You just get a little more yes. treat. <laughs> I'm all about the treats. My coach Natalie really pushes the treats. Yes. Yeah. And then think about what I'm grateful for in the fresh air. And then I walk back. That is the one thing that keeps me really grounded and keeping it simple. Yeah. Um, for self-care. Because sometimes my to-do list is like is so long and overwhelming mm. that like the most important thing is just like keep it simple as to like what is the next thing you need to do like being present yeah i think being present is one of the best forms of like self-care definitely because sometimes when we get out of the present moment it's like we look behind right that's sometimes scary we look ahead it might be overwhelming so i think that's a beautiful practice to just be in the present moment yeah well thank you for sharing thank you for taking the time out today Cade. it was wonderful having you yeah. On the podcast today and seeing your face. I haven't, we need to do this more often outside of recording a podcast, but. Yeah, I know. I would love to chat more often. You. I know. Yes. It, life gets a hold. Life gets a hold. Yeah, but, it really does. Um, yeah. Feel free to reach out. Yeah. You're so awesome. And so uh, like one of the best interviewers. Thank you. <laughs> well, that's today's episode oh i love Cade. she is just a phenomenal human being and i hope that her story really resonated with you you know each of us can really create our own piece of heaven on earth even if it's just the small daily actionable steps that we take to take care of ourselves and then be able to take other care of other people sometimes it's just speaking up and being brave and showing up authentically will allow us to really be in alignment with our truest path. Thank you so much for listening today and allowing us to be a part of your day. If you would like more information on Leaving in Color or to be a guest on our show, you can find us on Instagram at leavingincolor.pod or email us at leavingincolorpod at gmail.com. If this episode resonated with you in any way, or made you think of a loved one or a friend, please tell them about it. Your support generates more abundance collectively, so please subscribe to Leaving in Color wherever you listen to podcasts. Like all beautifully crafted pieces, this podcast was co-created by the most talented humans. Our music is by the melodic master, Tucker Winters. Our lovely cover art is by the multifaceted Jen of all trades, Jen Cagle Gilmore. Leaving in Color is masterfully produced in conjunction with Particulate Media, K.O. Myers, executive producer. And I am Christina Elmer. See you next time. <laughs>